I'd like to begin today by asking you this question. What goes on in your mind that you would not want to share with anyone? What thoughts do you have that come into your mind that are disruptive? Now, as I say this, I'm thinking of a man that I recently spoke with, and we began to talk about what was going on in his mind. And he said to me, I could never even share it with anyone. It's so bad. And so we entered into a conversation about where do our thoughts come from? How do we deal with our thoughts? Now, I'd like to continue the testimony of Susan who found freedom when she came to recognize how she needed to go before the Lord to deal with the issues in her spiritual life. And the Lord worked in a wonderful and dramatic way. And I asked Susan about this whole area of her thoughts. As she shared with us, she was struggling with anorexia and bulimia as she had a very negative thought pattern. And then she came to the realization that the battle, the spiritual battle, takes place in our minds. It's just like your own thought. My thoughts had always been negative and condemning. But when I slowed down and I thought about those voices, I was hearing you instead of as if it was myself and realizing that was an outside, that had to be an outside source. Mm-hmm. Because it was like the enemy's voice was just planting those thoughts in my head and saying, you know, you shouldn't do that, and you are this and you are that. I, I just had no idea. I just thought it was the truth. But when I prayed that prayer, it was, Lord, I renounce the lies that are attached to my mind as a result of abuse as a child. And um, I really was believing them, but now it's so easy to tell the difference. <laughs> it is definitely from the enemy, and taking your thoughts captive means so much more to me now than it did be, you know, before. So let me ask you again, as I did earlier, what goes on in your mind? What are your thoughts? Are they disruptive? Are they accusatory? Are they prideful? Are they lustful? I have a friend who struggled with pornography, and he said he didn't think a minute went by that he wasn't thinking sexual thoughts, lustful thoughts. Now, we need to understand this is where the battle takes place, and we need to learn how to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ, but we need to know the truth to come against the thoughts. I asked Susan, who was obviously being harassed for the greatest length of time, despite being a believer, a committed believer, one who was serving very effectively, I asked her, I said, when you began to to recognize this and deal with any ground the enemy may have had, take that ground back, what happened in terms of your thoughts? Now, do they totally go away forever? No, the battle continues, but things do change for the better you begin to experience the freedom that is ours because we embrace truth. I don't have those hardly Mm -hmm. ever anymore. They're gone. I have been so delivered. But if I do have um, a thought that comes that's accusatory or something, I just simply ask, does that line up with the scriptures? And if it doesn't, I just dismiss it. I replace it with what the Lord wants me to be thinking 
or a Bible verse or something that would be a blessing rather than thinking in those ways, thinking on what is noble and good and just dismissing that from my mind. You, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it isn't, it isn't true. It's from the enemy so that I have sympathy and understanding for, and I can talk with people and understand what they're going through. And I tell people, if you have those recurring thoughts and you cannot dismiss them, and you cannot get rid of those thoughts, that you need to investigate where did I open the door and what ground have I given the enemy so that these thoughts will leave me. Now, how do you determine where you may have given ground to the enemy? I believe the best tool available to help us to do that, to guide us, to go before the Lord, because ultimately it's our connection with Him, and this is simply to guide us, and that is the Steps to Freedom, Freedom in Christ Ministries, and the author is Neil Anderson. This is an incredibly helpful tool, and if I were to encourage you to do one thing to walk in freedom and victory, it would be to work through the Steps to Freedom. Now, if you would like more information on this, I want to encourage you to go to Freedom in Christ Ministries. Now, the website is F-I-C-M, F-I-C-M dot org. And there you'll see Get Help. And you can click on that, and it'll guide you through the way they set things up so that you could actually have someone work through this with you if you prefer to do that. Now, as you go down this path, you're going to find that you're going to see the harsh reality of the enemy, the the day-to-day reality of the battle that we're in. I asked Susan about the fact that we have an enemy who seeks to devour us, would love to destroy us, and here's what she shared with me. The devil is, he does not play fair. The enemy is never fair, and he, it's like a shark frenzy. He'll plant a a thought immediately in, in the head of a child and in their thoughts that in some way it could have been their fault or some lie, and then he will keep repeating that lie through their life. And actually, there are designs and schemes that the enemy has to keep you believing that lie. When everything just seems to go along with that lie, and you keep seeing it repeated, but then evidences that you're seeing with your perspective that that lie is true, it's very easy for that person to believe that lie until the Lord is the one that can speak truth into the heart of the person, and then those lies can be dismissed. Let me just reinforce what Susan said, and really I'd like to go further with this in another program, and that is when a person has been traumatized, by the way, sometimes the trauma is a product of the enemy manipulating a person to do harm to another person. Evil just perpetrates evil. And then the enemy knows that this young person has a vulnerability. They have been hurt. They are confused. I recently have assisted a couple of grown men who have had a series of struggles in their lives, and you can trace it back to when they were tragically molested, when they were quite young, and they hadn't dealt with it. The Lord can set you free even from trauma such as that. Now, there are also emotional issues you need to understand and process. 
but the enemy knows this happened, may have helped to cause it to happen, and then wants to continue to harass you in your thinking, to shame you, to put you down, to continue to lie to you about what took place. That's why it's critical that we recognize that when there are situations like this, they're not just emotional and psychological, they are also deeply spiritual. I asked Susan to share what it would be like if, if a friend of hers said, hey, I have some problems, some issues, and I'd like to work through this with you. What would that look like? Well, we would sit down together, and I would hear her story, and she would be sharing with me what she's dealing with. And this happens every time, almost every time people come. They've usually been to a lot of counselors. I think the most counselors one woman had been to was 22. Certainly not downplaying um, counseling. It's just that sometimes they are not able to look at the spiritual element. And so that's what we talk about. And we ask the Lord to take the person back to where the wound, the first wound, was, was inflicted. And then we would ask the Lord to speak into that. Sometimes the Lord will take them in a memory and then they'll talk about that memory with me. And then we ask the Lord to reveal his truth in that situation. And the Lord can replace a lie at that time with the truth of what really happened. For instance, a child believing they could have done something differently to keep from getting attacked, but the Lord clearly showing them that it wasn't their fault. The reaction that I get with people is there's so much weeping because they realize the truth and then they really are set free then that it wasn't their fault. Now I can say I have seen those tears as well. And it's amazing because you go to the Lord and it's obvious he is responding directly, immediately in his power, giving us his presence as we seek him to deal with these issues that only he can really bring about necessary change. But we need to be mindful. The enemy is very much alive and well on planet Earth. And if the changes we have seen in our culture don't prove that fact, I don't know what will. Also, you have to realize that the enemy has much power and it's never a question who's greater. Of course, it's not an equal power. God is the creator of the enemy. But there is so much satanic activity in this country. There are cults. When, when I talk to people, they say, well, the cults are really, really the worst here. And then you go to another place and they say exactly the same thing. It seems to be pretty rampant in our country. People from all over are talking about cults operating in their area. And the people that I work with, cults have even infiltrated the church. I asked Susan why so many of us as believers who can read about this in the Bible, it's quite clear, this spiritual conflict, why we typically just don't really want to go there. We really don't want to deal with this area in terms of spiritual conflict, spiritual affliction. I guess I come to the conclusion that there is a fear, that fear has a lot to do with it, and there's also a confusion of how the enemy works, the schemes of Satan. People get confused. They don't think that the wicked spirit can bother a believer. 
a limited knowledge of Scripture would show you that there's warnings all through Scripture, especially in the New Testament about, you know, the demonic realm and dealing with, like Ephesians 6. But why people hesitate to go there, I'm still pondering that, because it definitely is something we need to deal with. I know forgiveness can invite the enemy to come and afflict you, the purpose being to drive you back into the loving Father's arms because you've broken fellowship with him. In closing, let me say I think there's two things we need to deal with, and that is, number one, we need a biblical worldview that includes the reality of Satan and his demonic forces and their impact in this world, which is clearly taught in the Word of God. And then secondly, we do need to deal with the issue of fear. Satan has set it up so that believers do not understand that we have authority in terms of our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that he will take care of us. It is especially difficult, and I can relate to this, when it impacts your family, because our family has come under tremendous attack as a result of our efforts to expose the day-to-day battles that believers are in with the forces of darkness. Would appreciate your prayers and your partnership as we continue to proclaim the victory of the cross reminding people that the reason the Son of Man came was to destroy the works of the devil. We've got to apply that victory to our lives.